Y'all, welcome back. I'm excited to be doing this again. I'm excited you have, for whatever reason, chosen to give me a second listen. Or if this is your first time listening, welcome. I don't know what I'm doing. Let's begin. going to do this week on sequels and remakes, specifically movies, but just kind of the idea in general. Uh, it feels like, at least lately, uh, all, like all, of kids' entertainment it's either a sequel or, or a remake or a, you know, a live-action redo. And even a good chunk of adult uh, entertainment and adult movies are sequels as well. It seems easy to criticize Hollywood and the, the general artist, creative, collective as lazy or you know, out of ideas or you know, just, just unable to, to come up with something new. However, I'm not certain that... The idea of sequels and remakes and such is even new in and of itself. Um, starting out, when, when I was doing some research uh, for this concept, I, I pretty much had two main points. I, I had a, a two-headed beast of preconceived notions. Uh, one is that we've become lazy uh, recently or just kind of dumb or just kind of uncreative. Uh, you know what I mean? Like just, just it, it, It's more of a a sign of the times that we don't know what we're doing anymore and we're not original anymore. You know, that, that whole thing. I genuinely believed that at first. And uh, the second, and less important, but, uh, you know, still real, is I genuinely believed, going into this, that 90s movies were, you know, original and thereby the best uh, by just by proxy that they were new and, and unique. Uh, so let's begin at the beginning at Goofy Clown Face. Or at least what I can uh, you know, best find as a starting point. Also, that was a, a poorly done MST3K reference. Uh, if you don't get it, don't worry about it. Moving on. <gasps> the earliest known story uh, that I can find, and it had been orally passed down uh, from generation to generation, that then eventually became written down, is the tale of Gilgamesh, the epic tale of the manly man, King Gilgamesh. Uh, apparently there's some debate on if this dude was real at all. Uh, some historians do believe he was a real king, uh, d- d- you know, a- a- an actual real historical figure who lived and ruled roughly in 2700 BCE. Uh, the first written account, however, isn't until 2000 BCE, jotted down by our friends the Sumerians, who, uh, if you Google them, they are wicked interesting. Uh, apparently, they they mapped the solar system uh, in like 2000-ish BCE, like 4,000 years ago. Um, they have drawings and pictures of the sun with with like 10 spherical planets rotating around it. Now, I mean, obviously, we, we can debate on if Pluto's in, technically real or, you know, whatever. And we're kind of, but, you know, they're pretty close. And they even went so far as to give the planet that is in the location uh, as far as you know distance away from the sun uh the planet that we consider saturn they also uh they gave that drawing they gave it rings uh they gave saturn rings now look i I, by no means am i qualified to make a a huge jump here or take a left turn and go down this path implied by that information but i mean they didn't have telescopes or i mean even crazier spaceships i mean did they or like i I don't like that i don't they gave Saturn rings, y'all. Like, how in the holy koala bear soup did they know that? I mean, 4,000 years ago. It, in fact, they went so far as to call Neptune the blue-green planet. 
uh, as a Western civilization, we didn't know Neptune was blue-green until like the late 1800s. We first saw Neptune in a telescope in 1863. That's 3,900 years later. What in the smuckers jelly? I don't like that's that literally blew my mind. Like I am sitting here having just researched that, and like I don't even know what to think about it. That wasn't this just the little diatribe hasn't. Uh, I wasn't planning on that being a part of any of this, but I mean that just blew my mind. That some some ancient. I mean these were just like. These were a couple of hairs away from being monkeys. And yeah, I stole that joke from, it doesn't matter, moving on. If historians are accurate with their 2700 BCE timestamp, human beings uh, told the same story of Gilgamesh for at least seven centuries. Just talking it out over and over for anywhere from like 20 to 30 generations before someone was even capable of writing it down. Like, you guys have all heard of the, uh, the game Telephone. You know, if you pass it, you say some stuff to your friend, and he says it to his friend, he's he changed it. Can you imagine how overblown a story gets after 700-year-long game of Telephone? Here's how crazy it got. Apparently, old King Gilgamesh and his buddy uh, set off on adventures, and the gods didn't like it, so they sent 13 winds, uh, tornadoes, a.k.a., to try and kill them, and they somehow... Uh, weathered 13 winds, tornadoes, and then they made it to a forest where a giant 20-foot guardian uh, attempted to kill them, but Gilgamesh, a normal-sized human being, was able to kill this giant, uh, the guardian of the forest giant, which, I mean, whatever, fair enough. Then a uh, hooker-slash-deity woman, person, lady, uh, hits on Gilgamesh, and Gilgamesh, being the manly man he is, denies her not a fan doesn't want her so she gets all mad and she sends a magic bull to avenge her but Kilgamesh Kilgamesh but Gilgamesh kills this giant bull uh 700 years of telling the same story in my opinion made this entire story full of giant bull if you know what I mean (laughs) jokes but here's my point Retelling stories apparently has been done since, I mean, you know, the the dawn of language. It's, I mean, today it's the root of every fishing story. You know, and as much as I don't believe Gilgamesh weathered tornadoes and killed, you know, forest giants, I equally don't believe Uncle Jason when he said he caught two sharks on the same hook while fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. Like, nah, he, he didn't, bro. And, and he didn't either. So, I mean, I, I don't believe either one of you. I'm sure there's some truth to both, probably, uh, I would imagine, but likely not enough to take any of it as fact. We enjoy telling the same story so much and, and, you know, adding a little bit to it each time. And I think it's because we all enjoy stories. We enjoy the idea of stories. You know, it's the basis for all books and movies. And if you tell a story enough, the plot points eventually get kind of stale. So, you know, we, we put in new ones. We, we add little details here and there, and eventually those grow. And, it, you know, it's like the story from your crazy buddy. You know your crazy buddy that you, he told, you know, he, he's got like 15, 16 crazy stories. But, you, you know, you got that one that you really love. You know, the, the one that you used to hear all the time back in the day. And, you know, it's probably been a few years since you've seen old crazy Preston. But, you know, you catch up with him in a bar or something, and, and Preston starts trying to impress somebody nearby. And, and he starts telling that story you know, and you get excited because you know the story and you love the story. And this time, I mean, it's been a few years, and 
this time, suddenly the story has a lot bigger obstacles that he overcame. And you're sitting there going, I, I, I don't remember us getting tattoos from a blind Polynesian woman, but, but you know what, Preston, I'm going to roll with it because you're a good storyteller and I just enjoy you telling the story. We, we got, you know, and sometimes, some moments, we got nothing better to do than have you tell the story, so who am I to tell you you're a liar? Just like Gilgamesh and just like so many other stories. Every storyteller puts their own spin on it and tries to make it, you know, just a little bit better than the guy before him. It's it's one-upsmanship. It's, it's what we've done throughout the dawn of time. It's what drives competition and, and pushes us forward in all aspects of life. But specifically in regarding to, you know, entertainment, it's, it's what keeps us going. So, I mean, apparently, this idea of remakes is nothing new or unique. However, I was born in the 80s, uh, so I got to see all kinds of unique films in the 90s. Totally original films, such as Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, and... James Bond, Tomorrow Never Dies, and Hook, starring Robin Williams as Peter Pan, and Friday the 13th, Jason Goes to Hell. All right, obviously I'm kidding. Uh, Star Wars, A New Hope, the first one, if you want to call it the first one, I'm not going to go down that road with you. If Star Wars, A New Hope was originally released in 1977, roughly a decade before I was born. Uh, the Bond franchise has been running since the 60s, uh, 1962 to be specific, and out-aging all of them is Peter Pan, which was originally released in 1953. So, I mean, clearly kidding, but you get my point. 90s still had some great movies. How many Friday the 13th have we done now? Uh, I saw the one Jason Goes to Hell in theaters, and that one was nowhere near the first one. Uh, I can tell you that even by the fourth installment of Friday the 13th, we'd already done three. The fourth one came out in 1984. And was titled The Final Chapter. And that's a joke because we've done many more. Uh, in fact, we've actually done 12 total uh, at this point. <laughs> 12. Uh, that's eight after the quote unquote final chapter. Eight more. So basically, the Friday the 13th franchise is much like the band Kiss and their yearly farewell for the last time forever and we promise seriously this one this is the last one guys totally that we mean it this time it's it's the farewell to seriously guys this one you know until next year tour nothing against the band kiss I, I i don't know anything about them uh to be honest but they perfectly illustrate my point here they do another farewell tour every year give or take their first farewell tour genuinely was in the year 2000 2000 and it sold out so they did it again and again and again and they literally have another one scheduled for august of this year 2019 19 years after their original quote farewell tour end quote and can you can you really blame them gene simmons is supposedly worth 300 million dollars uh, it's estimated that he makes anywhere from fifty to $60,000 per show. He's doing the thing he loves. He's playing music, and he makes like sixty grand a day. Y'all, like, uh, I don't want to brag, but I do shit I hate every day for upwards of like $60 a day. So I don't blame him at all for making sixty grand a day, and I don't blame Hollywood for cranking out a fourth Toy Story and a fourth Spider-Man. However... And I admit, this is where I get on my soapbox. Because even though I was kidding about some of the sequels from the 90s, and I was, I was kidding. Obviously, they've made plenty of you know James Bonds and Friday the 13th. But the 90s had a lot, 
a lot of awesome original movies. And I know, I know I'm a prisoner of my own environment and I know that I'm just kind of like creating, but there were. I'm going to list them. And I'm going to try and cover uh, a gambit here to pander to as many of you as I can. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but that was me winking because, uh, yeah, I want you guys to like me. So, first and foremost, Blade. Are you kidding? That movie's amazing. And, of course, Independence Day, Aladdin. I mean, friggin' Home Alone. It, it, Clueless. I mean, Clueless was a great movie. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Friggin' Space Jam, y'all. Twelve Monkeys, Sixth Sense, Showgirls, Braveheart, Jumanji. The list goes on. 90s kids represent originality. What, what? We did it first. We did it best. Ha! But here's where my soapbox crumbles. 12 Monkeys was actually a remake of a French film from 1962. Blade was based on a comic from 1973, uh, besides the fact that Van Helsing has been written down as, as hunting monsters since the 1800s. Braveheart was just the story of the revolt against King Edwards. I mean, there was you know, King Edward I of England. The story's been told, I mean, however many thousands of times. There, there are literally dozens of written accounts of it throughout history. Independence Day... I mean, it's just another alien movie if you really want to base it down. Clueless is actually a remake of Jane Austen's Emma, uh, but this time they just, you know, put it in an L.A. setting. Jumanji is based on a real-life game that actually existed. Uh, the Zulu people invented it in the 1800s, and even long before that is the story of Aladdin, which has technically been around since 1709. 1709. Good God. So nothing original there. And if you really... Really want to kick me off this soapbox and then, you know, kick me while I'm down one more time. Fear and Loathing was a book in the 70s. And even The Sixth Sense technically was based off an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But I mean, at least Are You Afraid of the Dark was original. You know what I mean? Yeah, losing steam here. Plus, the 90s had so many sequels. Godfather 3, Die Hard 2, Terminator 2, yet another Star Trek, yet another Bond. The the list goes on. Uh, However... The James Bond film was Goldeneye, which uh, you don't you don't need me to rant and rave about the movie uh, or even the N sixty four game. But uh, give me give me just a second here. I got I got someone who wants to do just that. Uh, introducing Jimmy the Rant. <clears throat> hey, Jimmy the Rant. Need you all to stop whining about N sixty four James Bond. I was odd job. And listen up, you pansies. Sure, he was lower to the ground, but he was also slower moving. And it's just as tough to aim up as it was to aim down. Plus, you losers, you can kneel down with R and down C, which doesn't even sacrifice speed, so you're still eye level, plus you're faster. So get over yourself, Chad, you little wuss. I beat you fair and square. What? Hey, what? It, what? You can't, it, It's not fair? Look, no one ever complained about you being Jaws. He's so tall, his gun is literally right at eye level, so he gets headshots every time. Plus, it's impossible to get a headshot at him because he's so tall. So go to hell with your fairness. It's a game of murder tag. We got grenades and rocket launchers, so grow up, you child. Speaking of odd job, he's fully grown half your size, and he's still more of a man than you, Chad, you sniveling little weasel. And we're back. Thank you for your contribution, Jimmy. Uh, I do, I do want to point out that personally, I do not share the same beliefs as Jimmy the Rant, especially his use of the phrase "more of a man than you." 
as I believe gender does not matter. It's 2019, so I believe what Jimmy is looking for is he's better at life than you. Nah, that ain't what I meant. All I was trying to say, okay, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate you. Have a good night. <clears throat> so my point here, if I have one, you know, at all, is that we've been redoing and remaking and, and sequeling as a term, sequeling, as long as, as history has been recorded. I mean, Beowulf was originally written in like the 8th century CE, 1,200 years before Angelina went topless in the 2007, <clears throat> 2007 theatrical remake. A uh, couple of things here. One, if you, uh, if you Google it, technically it actually wasn't Angelina Jolie going topless. Uh, apparently they... They used a different woman and then just put Angelina Jolie's face on it and with the power of computers just put her face on a different body. Uh, I don't really understand it, nor do I care. Nor did 20-year-old me care at all. He was just happy to see Angelina Jolie. But also, I want to point out that I've used the terms BCE and CE instead of BC and AD. Um, according to the Interwebernet, that's the correct nomenclature nowadays. Uh, apparently, we're no longer doing BCAD year designations. Uh, I wasn't consulted before this was switched over, so don't blame me. But apparently, according to Google, uh, instead of BC, we're doing BCE. And instead of AD, we're doing CE. So we basically were doing before the common era, which is BCE, which used to be BC. And we're doing common era, which is now the new thing instead of AD. Uh, that entire concept, I was taught in school, AD, BC. And that's yet another concept that I was taught in school that my kids will be told to disregard completely. Uh, much like typing, which will probably re be replaced with talk to type. And even so far as driving might not be a thing in like 10 to 15 years. Uh, so who knows if they'll even need driver's ed. The future is amazing and scary, but I think it'll be fun and maybe a bit safer. So Anyways, moving on. <clears throat> Why is this? What is, what is our fascination with redoing what we've already done? Why have we been doing that since forever? A um, few stabs in the dark, a few you know, low-hanging fruit guesses is that it is. It's, it's easier to redo something than to create anew from scratch. It's why I microwave most of my meals as opposed to, you know, growing wheat and, and making my own pasta. I, I just buy it in the store and it's just microwave it. it. It seems easier. Another theory is that uh, remakes and redos and sequels, they're less risky. You know, the writer and the creator and the producers who spend a lot of money to produce all this stuff, they're at least, they're aware that an audience already exists that likes the main premise and the main characters and, and the basics of a, of a franchise. So, I mean, it, it does seem a lot of a, it, you know, a safer bet, I suppose, to redo a movie for the fourth and fifth and sixth and in certain cases, James Bond and Friday the 13th, 10, 11, and 12 times. But I think it goes deeper than that. And, you know, look, what do I know? But I, I think there's something about just the general concept of redoing things that is, is very enticing. You know what I mean? Like, what, what is it about, like, a ride at an amusement park that you want to go on again and again? Or, like, if you go on a good first date, you obviously want to go on a second and a third. And, and even something as big and as meaningful, at least, you know, what we've determined are meaningful, as, like, a wedding anniversary. We do that 
We love it. We, we, you can't miss it. If you're married, especially, you know, I don't even want to say, I almost said, I literally almost said, especially guys out there, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Cause look, I, I got plenty of friends, guys and girls that are married to guys and girls and girls and guys and gay straight, all that nonsense. And there's just like, there's usually just the one side in the relationship that doesn't remember stuff and the one side that does. And I, it's not a gender line because I know it on, on all three sides. I know gay couples that were one dude is just worse. I know female lesbian couples that one woman is just worse. And I know straight couples myself where I'm worse. And it's just, I, you know, you don't want to miss it because it matters at least to some people, if not a lot of people, wedding anniversaries matters. Shit. Birthdays. We celebrate being born over and over again, literally every year until we die. We do it every year. We absolutely love the notion of doing something again. Now, I'm not going to say that's a fault of humanity or even so much as a choice. I, I think it's it's something ingrained in us a, as a species. I mean, just, just as, as an easy example, we have to eat breakfast every day. I mean, we've done that for thousands of years we, you know, since forever. I mean, in just your life, you listening to this right now, how many breakfasts have you had? Literally thousands of them. Every day in a row since forever. We don't have a choice. I mean, sure, you know, like some people do intermittent fasting and don't eat until noon or whatever. And look, hey, good on you. If that's something you do. I don't have the, the, the dedication that is required for that. But the point remains, you have to give yourself sustenance every day, every single day. We have to. There's no choice in the matter. Same with water, same with sleep. And for the majority of us, same with work. We have to go every day or, you know, most days or whatever. We're programmed with an innate desire for repetition, with a need for repetition. It's why a daily routine is so important. And it's why addictions are so hard to break. Uh, I, I smoke cigarettes from 18 until like right now. And I can speak firsthand that the addictions are tough to break, man. The short, repetitive cycle, uh, at least for me, that was getting the old Nick fix. It got to the point where it wasn't even about the Nick fix. It was like it was it was the routine. I look forward to like the little adventure that was a cigarette break. You know what I mean? Like getting up from my desk and walking, you know, downstairs and heading outside. Like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen this time. You know what's going to happen? Nothing. The exact same thing that happens every time, but still. Looking forward to it was almost as much fun as actually doing it. Stepping outside and getting that first, you know, that first whiff of fresh air. And that first drag of, of the unfreshest air that exists <laughs> collectively. All of those little moments of standing up and walking out. And, you know, the, the little moments that added up to make that routine so enjoyable. I mean, obviously, the little adventure was always the same. And 30 to 45 minutes, I wanted another one. And you'd repeat ad nauseum forever just you know each time with a little bit more tar and gross in my lungs look i digress i loved the routine i loved the repetition mm, cigarettes they are amazing but had to quit it and it was hard it was difficult to quit because routines are i, I, I cling to them uh, at least speaking of myself only and not even as humanity as a, as a thing in general i cling to routines and I think we all do. I think. I mean, what, you know, whatever they may be, whatever yours might be, you love your routine. I love my routine. We love doing things over and over. Think about how many times have you played your favorite song or favorite album or, or read your favorite book or watched your favorite movie? I mean, whatever it is, that thing you'd like to do, you cooked your favorite meal. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I have albums that I've listened to in full literally hundreds of times, possibly even thousands. I mean, not, not even exaggerating. I, I, I think there's a few that I can name that I've listened to on repeat multiple times on, you know, long road trips. I'd listen to the same CD three or four times in a row back in the day. Now, of course, that's, when I say albums, I mean CDs. And, of course, nowadays it's, it's Spotify and whatnot. But the same songs and these same albums I've listened to hundreds, if not thousands of times. And I bet whatever it is you enjoy, You've enjoyed it so many times. I, I believe that. I, I, I believe it's why we love sports. I mean, I think. But, you know, the, the game is basically the same every time, regardless of what the sport is. E, you know, even if it's like intramural co-ed softball, the, the start and the finish are laid out strictly. The, the rules are the exact same every time. The game, the flow of the game is the same every time. Nothing really changes but you don't know the outcome you know what i mean the same formula is used every time the exact same formula the exact same setup the exact same finish we know when it ends if it's baseball it's however many innings if it's basketball it's either first 21 or a time frame if you're you know in some sort of actual league or you know pick your sport but that's why we love it it's routine it's the same but it's slightly different every time just like you know romantic comedies there's a formula that gets followed and most of us watching can pretty much assume that the girl and boy end up together but you don't actually know just like when i watched the patriots during their recent dynasty it's safe to assume they're going to win but you don't actually know it's why we make more superhero movies all the time it is why we remake all of these it's, it's you don't actually know if the good guy is going to save the day sure he's probably going to but maybe this is the one time that the good guy doesn't save the day. And maybe this is the one rom-com where the guy doesn't get the girl. And maybe this is the one time that the friggin' Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, ruining my futures bet, costing me hundreds of dollars, and to my dismay, it happened a second time. <sighs> we don't need to talk about my gambling addiction. We already talked about my cigarette addiction. We're going to move forward, y'all. But much like... That story that your crazy friend Preston tells that originally didn't contain the part about him getting arrested, but the cop thought he was cute, so they ended up making it on a squad car in the back until the you know, female cop got a call about an emergency, so Preston went on a ride along and ended up saving the lives of two congressmen. Hey, Preston, pretty sure that's a lie, bro. But is it a lie? Is it te- When you know it is, when, when all parties are on the same page, is it a lie? Just like in a James Bond film. We've been making James Bond films since the 60s, yet somehow James is still a young man in all of them. Somehow he's still getting young women in all of them. We know it's impossible. I mean, it's a different dude every couple of films. Every three or four films, it's literally a different actor. He looks different. How how much of a lie is that really if we all agree to go with it? I mean, if we actually wanted to be strict, we could scream. We could stand up in the theaters and yell, that's not James Bond. That's not that he used to look different. But we don't. Because we all expect it to be a little different each time. I, I'd venture to say we want it. We desire it to be a little different each time. I mean, it, it, in a simplistic version, it's why choosing what to have for dinner can sometimes be incredibly difficult. We all had dinner yesterday. We're all going to have dinner again tomorrow. We know that. Deep down, we know it doesn't matter at all physically what we eat. We know deep down it's just required in order to keep living. However... There are times where it feels crucial to get something 
different or something new or oh what tastes good to, you know what, what do you think is gonna be delicious that you know it, it even though it doesn't matter you know you've had it before you could go to the fanciest steakhouse or go to some high-end lobster joint or go to that three-figure price tag organic farm-to-table vegetarian spot you've still had beef before you've had lobster before and you've had blue foot mushroom with sun choke remolata before i mean we all have okay the last one i, I don't actually know I don't actually know what that is. I googled fancy vegan restaurant and pulled up a menu and just picked the most expensive thing on it. I'm guessing a sun choke is, is probably like a sun-dried artichoke, maybe. Uh, I don't know. And then last bit, gremolata. To me, uh, sounds like Italian goblin ice cream. Hey, come get yourself a big old scoop of gremlin gelato. All December long on new Christmas special hot cocoa flavor, chocolata gremolata. Come on down. Anyways, that that got kind of southern at the end. Uh, I don't I don't actually do accents well, y'all. I can't believe I've tried it twice in one episode. Don't don't judge me. Anyways, repetition is is everything. It's how we're taught as small children. You know, it's how we learn our jobs as adults. You just keep doing something over and over till you learn it, till you understand it. It's how we learned language. We listen to whoever adult around us, older around us, and we you know we just kind of try to pick it up. It's how we learn to count. I mean, hell, I sing the alphabet song with my kids over and over all the time. I mean, they enjoy it, but also I want them to learn it. And I know repetition is the only way to do it. So why do we keep making movies and TV shows again and again and again? Because we love it. And more than that, I think we need it. We need a new version, a shinier version of the thing we already love. So we can enjoy it again. And we can enjoy it anew. And, you know, at least new-ish and maybe have a vague uncertainty about some of the events, even if they lead to the inevitable. And we know it's inevitable, we still enjoy the ride. It's why there's demand for the newest version of whatever phone you already have. Even though that new phone is basically the same as the phone that's in your pocket already, we still crave the new one. Uh, Notice, I'm not saying the new iPhone or the new Samsung or the new any brand of phone. I'm not going to enter that realm. I'm not going to debate you which phone is better. Uh, What I will debate you is we pretty much only scroll Facebook or pull up porn. So it doesn't matter what one you use. Stop pretending it matters. The name brand changes nothing. The new version is literally 94% the same as the old version. Just like the new Lion King movie, which is 94% the exact same script. I'm talking scene for scene, y'all. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The, The new Lion King movie has a new Beyonce song and that's it. Literally nothing different. But still somehow it was new, so I wanted to see it. Took my kids because I wanted them to see it. I wanted to see them see it. I wanted to enjoy it again as if brand new, even though I knew exactly what was coming. Just like we all know what's coming with the new version of our phones. We're just going to scroll Reddit or Twitter or Facebook, or we're going to start swiping left and right, just like we do with the same ones we have now. Literally nothing new. Nothing changes. Except we can call it new. So we want it. Same with food, same with TV, same with movies. We know what's coming, but we want it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you know, what do I know? <laughs> Guys, I, uh, yeah, this is, this is uh, episode two. Can't believe you've made it this far uh, with me, genuinely. Um, I guess I'll give you a little bit more about me. I'm a, I'm a married dude. I got two kids. I think I've referenced my kids a couple of times. I, uh, 
I don't have a ton of free time to do this, but I friggin' uh, I'm loving it. This is this is wicked fun. Uh, it really is. I uh, I used to do some stand up comedy way back in the day. It's why I think I'm uh, you know trying to make some jokes in this thing. And if you don't think I'm funny, uh, that's fair. You know, I I, uh, I can't really uh, can't really argue with you there. So really uh, <laughs> really not gonna not gonna fight you on that one. However, I still don't have a Twitter, so there's nothing you can. I mean, I wouldn't even be mad if you you know tweeted me to tell me uh, you suck. You should really stop doing this. But I don't have a Twitter, so I'm gonna insulate myself against that type of negativity for now. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep doing these, uh, y'all. This is uh, this has been really fun. So seriously, seriously, thank you for uh, you know coming on this ride with me. And I, uh, I hope that you come back for the next one, even though it'll be pretty much nothing new and basically the same thing. But, uh, you know, maybe just, uh, just a little bit different. Thanks. Have a good one.